When Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. If he's led to a fight and a duel is due, then the red and the white and the blue will come through when Captain America throws his mighty shield. Welcome, True Believers, once again to the Marvel Cinecast for Captain America The Winter Soldier. I am joined this week, as always, by Scott. Hey, guys. And Tony. Still not wearing any pants. <laughs> I'm, surprised <laughs> you didn't, I'm surprised you didn't say on your left. So, <laughs> after what was a rather dry and dreadful film, uh, Marvel rebounded with Captain America to Winter Soldier, which was one of their more experimental films. I would say the next two, this one and Guardians of the Galaxy, are probably two of the most experimental films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, this mm-hmm. one, instead of being a straight-up comic book, you know, superhero, supervillain type deal, is a spy espionage thriller. You have the forces of S.H.I.E.L.D. taking on the other forces of S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> which we are in is actually Hydra, which was a Nazi group that has basically been infecting S.H.I.E.L.D. since the end of World War Two. Mm. Right. So, okay. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> so, I mean, I guess speaking to the overall um, feel of the movie, and as you were saying, it's it's very much a spy thriller. I, I was surprised to see that, especially considering the directors of the film, uh, the Russo brothers. They really hadn't done really anything major um, prior to this, other than I think they worked on some comedy television shows, but that's they about did, it. They did episodes of Community every eve. Yeah, and to go from that to like this crazy uh, old school James Bond spy thriller espionage kind of like Big Brother is watching you type movie is it's pretty insane that they were able to do that and do, to do it so well. That's that's pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on the overall feel of the movie itself. I I think they do a great job of knowing it. Especially being that I think just the kind you know you mentioned kind of old school James Bond as I think it's also kind of fitting because our hero is a man out of time. I mean that was kind of the joke with the original Austin Power film is that what if James Bond was transported into modern mm-hmm. days and it doesn't work and that's pretty much what we have with Captain America. He's a man out of time trying to figure out his face in this current environment and you know for yeah. him. Go on. <laughs> yeah, and just as he thinks that he's starting to get the hang of it, turns out he's getting the hang of the wrong world because mm-hmm. it's actually just Hydra. It's he's a man out of time, but it seems that time actually caught up with him. He can't so. catch a break. Poor guy. Yeah, and, and I mean, he's from a you know like, we've seen this in movies, and we always kind of have this idealized version of the past where like everything was good, and you knew who the good guys and bad guys were. And now you get to the point where the good guys are just as evil as the bad guys because mm-hmm. I mean, like the whole you know like, we start off the film with this mission that he leads with Black Widow and some other members of Shield. And you find out that there was an ulterior motive for this mission with Black Widow trying to siphon off information. And, you know, for him, it's like, okay, I signed up to do this. And, you know, I was here to save hostages. But there's another covert mission going on. And he finds that it's not a black and white world. Everybody's a shade of gray. But he still sees right and wrong. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, it's definitely about him 
coming to the realization that, you know, times have changed. I mean, and, and not necessarily for the better in a lot of ways. Um, so it is kind of cool to, to kind of see that contrast in morality in the movie. Yeah. Especially the scene, the, the scenes after they get back from the first mission when Captain America is talking to Director Fury about mm-hmm. Project Insight and how that just, the, the whole conversation, such as when Captain America says, uh, I thought the punishment was supposed to come after the crime, and Nick Fury right. says, we don't have time to wait for that. <laughs> that's that one, of, that's, that's yeah. one of those shades of gray thing that we were just talking about. Like it used to be, yeah, there's a crime and then a punishment. And that's the kind of right and wrong sort of thing that Captain America is used to. Now we're talking about stopping now the crime before about, it happens. Yeah. Stopping a crime before it happens, which, and they're just Not only that, but on punishing the person. Before. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Punishing them, I mean, like taking them out. And Nick Fury apparently doesn't right. see the the danger in, well, in Nick doing Fury's, this. Nick Fury has always been been a very by any means necessary kind of guy, you know. And um, and what's interesting is you know in that conversation that he has with Captain, he's like you know you need you're you're, you're going to have to start falling in line, and Captain's like don't hold your breath. So it's 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 interesting yeah. to kind of see the build up already of of what we may see in the upcoming. Um, uh, uh, Civil War is like you already kind of see you already kind of see Captain, you know, going against what 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 is asked of him and what is what is what the authorities are are, are demanding of him to do. He's already, you know, more yeah. he's already showing his colors in that he's he's more interested in freedom and than necessarily you know what they're trying to do. So it's yeah, interesting. He said he said that you know. They did a lot of bad things, and they, you know they compromised, but so people could be free. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something that doesn't resonate in today's world with a lot of people, like someone yeah. like Nick Fury. Yeah, and what's what's another one, another really cool thing about this film is that it really does reflect on what's going on today, you know, and yeah. the, you know the, all all the stuff that's happening in the real world, and you know, with the government listening into probably our Skype call right now <laughs> because the NSA, <laughs> but yeah. uh, you know, and, 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 um, and all that. And so it's, it's interesting to see and to, to ponder over, you know, if we were to go back in time to the forties, what would, um, you know, the, 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 the quote, the, what do they call it? What they call the, uh, the great generation, what would they think of where we are today and what we're doing as a society? And, um, so that's kind of cool mm-hmm. that they're able to take such a, such a profound, um, political commentary and work it into, you know, a movie about superheroes. It's 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 pretty impressive that they're able to do that. Yeah, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. It's it's so, it's so different. It's such a different feel from any of the other Marvel movies that you can name. Mostly because it's got that spy thriller feel and just the just the general feel. It's just and that's part of what makes it so great is comparing it to the other Marvel movies. Not saying the other Marvel movies are bad, saying that they all follow a very similar uh very similar similar formula and right. this movie com- breaks away all, from it. They're all comic book superhero movies. And yeah, this is also a comic book superhero movie, but it's it's a lot more than that. Like this is a movie that you can show 
to your grandparents and they would be like, you know, er, you know, depending on your grandparents, but they, they would be interested <laughs> because it's so much more than just, you know, superheroes and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's very, it has, has, definitely has universal appeal, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess I know before, um, Earl, you were wanting to talk, kind of like break down the movie in, in order. So oh, do you want to kind of go through that? Well, we can do I know that. we kind of went off, on, we went off on a tangent a bit. Well, I mean, that yeah. always works. I was going to make one note, and this is something. I mean, I'm sure people... Like, people always say that Winter Soldier is one of Marvel's better villains, and I would tend to disagree, but not necessarily that he's a... I, I mean, he's a kind of an underdeveloped character. I think if you didn't have that relationship with him from Captain America The First Adventure, it really right. wouldn't be that impactful. But I don't necessarily think... You know, we say that this isn't a traditional Marvel film... And in that sense, I also don't believe that this is a superhero versus supervillain. It's not like one man trying to stop another man's mad scheme. It is really Captain America versus Hydra. And I think the idea of an evil organization works much better than saying, like, okay, the Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier isn't really the bad guy. He's the main threat. He's the main threat to Captain America. He's the physical force that he has to overcome at the end or not overcome at right. the end. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's really weapon. not a... It's, yeah, like you can even break it down to where it's not even Captain America versus Hydra. It's it's competing philosophies is what it is. It's 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 ideas on how the world should be run, and and it, so it's 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 more it's 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 weird to like talk so deeply about a you know comic book movie, but it really is. It's about you know how the world should be run, how 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 um you know whether whether it, it should be okay to give up you know, freedom for security. And, you know, I think that was, yeah. was it Benjamin Franklin who said that, you know, uh, it, it, anyone who's willing to give up freedom for security deserves neither. Or I think it was Benjamin Franklin. But it, it, that's basically what this movie is about, you know, at its very core, which is crazy. It's, it, it, it's really weird to think about that from a comic book movie. Like, who would ever yeah. thought we'd be here? And, 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 yeah. and, and to that point, the weapon of the main bad guys, the weapons of Hydra is actually a weapon created by the good guys. It's it's not even, you know, it's not repurposed or anything. It's really just a weapon changed to do something the same, but different. Yeah, with just different targeting programming. That's it. Yeah, it's the same exact weapon. It was the quote-unquote good guys who created it, and it's being used for the purpose that they intended. It's just not for the people they wanted, and it just shows you how thin that line between good and evil is in his universe. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, just kind of break down, I think, you know, it works better as a broad thing, because breaking it down, it is not necessarily a bunch of random things, but a lot of stuff happens in this film. I mean, we kind of... Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. We kind of... It's the it's the same thing that happened with Iron Man two, but it works in this film. Where like you have to introduce Sam Wilson, who's Falcon. You introduce Hydra, right. Shield. You know, you kind of have those two competing forces. You have Black Widow, you have Nick Fury, you have Maria Hill, all in this film as well. But it it never feels overwhelming because at the heart, everything revolves around Captain America. Where when we noted with Iron Man two. Things revolved around Tony, but they were never connected. It was like, this is happening to Tony, this is happening to Tony, this is happening to Tony. But none of this is kind of intertwined where the Hydra plot, especially when the big reveal comes, is revealed to be part of Captain America's past with, um, what is it? It's not Zoyo. What is it? What is the, uh, the scientist's name? Artem Zola? Oh. Oh, Zola. oh it is. Artem, yeah, Zola or Zola. Yeah. Something like that. 
like that. Artem is his first name. I know that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I I thought I was confusing him with the um other guy at the, in the post credit stinger. Oh, the Baron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. No, no, that's that's Baron von Strucker. Okay, there we go. It's yeah. the guy at the end. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's for, you know that was somebody Captain America took down. It was also the person who you know brainwashed Bucky and stuff like that. And that was all tied to his past. The place where they found the secret base was where he trained. Even though I don't necessarily think that was where he trained in the actual film. Yeah, no. I don't think so either. It <laughs> I have no idea. Different. So, um, I do want to go back a bit, because you kind of just uh, glossed over uh, Falcon. And I think, I think I had seen Anthony Mackie in um, Pain and Gain prior to watching Captain America Winter Soldier, but aside from that, I had no idea who this guy was. I think he nailed it. Like, I, I love him in this in this movie. You know, um, oh yeah, I agree. Just yeah, I thought I thought he was fantastic in this movie. I thought, um, you know, he definitely. Uh, you kind of like I'm trying to think of a good way to word it. He basically becomes like the character that that you in like would fit yourself into in this film. You know what I mean? Like he kind of in in some ways becomes like the audience. Um, yeah, the audience conduit. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought he did a great job, and I'm curious to see what they're going to do with him from here, but I don't know. Who knows? Anyways, I just wanted to mention that, that he was incredible, I, and since watching I'm like, man, I really need to see what other stuff he's in, because he's really good. And he actually, he actually, he actually has a pretty solid resume. Um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if they're major roles, but, I mean, just kind of to say he's been a typecast, he plays a army dude in the Hurt Locker. He plays an army dude in Eagle Eye. Does he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his IMDb. He's like major and sergeant, and I'm like, okay, so maybe That's they. Funny. But yeah, he has a certain amount of charisma to him, and mm-hmm. like you said, he, he he plays well off of Captain America. Wow. He plays well off of. A black widow when they're introduced to him and i think part of it is that he has this respect but not this awe of captain america where it's like he's one of the first people who kind of talks to him like a human being even in the avengers i mean you had Coulson who was fanboying over him you had iron man who was a bit envious of him because he had a better relationship with his dad than he did right. um and you didn't have much screen time with him and baron but there was some level of mutual respect with them Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is the first character. I feel like it's like okay, they're equals, and you know they have this kind of button relationship. I mean, like there's a great line he has when they finally find out, and we're skipping all over this film when they find out that Nick Fury's alive and they're going to infiltrate a Shield, and he's like, "I do whatever he does, just show her." Yeah, that was a really great line. Yeah, oh, he's he. Okay, here's a pun. <laughs> he's basically like the ultimate wingman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he is—he really is. He's like a really good wingman. <laughs> yes, literally. <laughs> yeah, he is a great wingman. <laughs> that's, but, uh, that's basically what he—the character he plays to Captain America. Like he's, you know, he's got his back. He's that guy. You know. Yeah. And and to the other point, you know, we mentioned that like, he plays off of Captain America. Well, so does uh, Natasha Romanoff, the Black Widow, because in her, it's kind of everything that Captain America hates. She's a chameleon. She is whatever people need her to be around her. So she she has no problem lying and deceiving people. And they're paired off, and it's kind of this weird... Dy- not a weird dynamic. It's an interesting dynamic where he's like, there's only so much he can trust her because she's never been for- honest and forthcoming with him. 
Yeah. I I can definitely I can see how their relationship I don't know. I like like you said, it it it's just something about it that works. Same thing how how Sam Wilson, Captain America works also in a different way, obviously, because Sam because Falcon and Captain America form this mutual bond, whereas Captain America and Black Widow form this kind of like they're test they're still testing each other out. Yeah, even though they, even <laughs> though they, they fought the Battle of New York together, they still like Black Widow it, thinks she understands Captain America. Captain America knows he will never understand Black Widow. Well, it's a it's an interesting relationship because I kind of feel like, as in some regards, she's kind of like his mother. She's like, oh, you should ask so and so out. You should talk to so and so. She'd say yes, and she's like, you know, she's the one preaching to him. You know, the world isn't always black and white. And in this, at the same time, he's kind of not necessarily the rebellious son, but he's kind of like. You know, like it's that courting thing. Not that they, they like. It's funny because they don't seem to ever imply any type of romantic feelings for them, even though they have a great chemistry in that regard. But he's always like, you know, you need to be more forthcoming. How do I know I can trust you? And it's like she has this shield up, and he's just trying to, no pun intended, and he's just trying to knock it down. <laughs> and it's this constant battle between her trying to adjust him to the current world. You know, get out there, do your thing, or. And and him trying to be like, okay, you need to be honest, you need to be forthcoming. And in some way, they're trying to balance each other out, but both of them have their guards up, and they both want to, um, they both want to dominate this relationship, and neither one really gets the egg up on the other one, until yeah. pretty much the end. Yeah, and then the end, uh, Black Widow has no choice. Yeah, she has to, you know, she has to face the eye. She, she comes out into the public's eye, and... Mm. It's that you know. I assume that's going to be a big part of the fallout in um, Age of Ultron and Civil War. Definitely Civil War yeah, and probably Age of Ultron. Yeah, I'm curious to see where what you know where they go with her history. And I mean, they. I, I think there was some talk about doing a a, a movie for her, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but There's always been talk of doing her. I think. I forget if it was around this film or earlier. I know she got pregnant at some point, and that was one of the reasons they put the... Yeah, uh, that was while box. they were filming Age, Age of Ultron. Okay, so yeah, after this film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Way to go get pregnant. I know, women. Jeez. <laughs> no, <I'm, laughs> women, I mean, and they're reproductive. <laughs> I mean, nothing by that before somebody takes it the wrong way. <laughs> if you couldn't tell by the laughing as we say it, we're, it was a joke. Oh, you can't even joke about these things anymore, but I, that's a topic oh. for another day. I'll, uh, I'll joke about whatever I want. And just deal with it. And I'll edit it out. The magic of... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no! <laughs> I want it to be known. <laughs> I want the world to know that I don't care. <laughs> But yes, I mean, since we're doing a tremendous job jumping around this film, let's go back to the mid-beginning. Uh, we already mentioned like, him meeting Fury and talking about Project Insight. The next thing we kind of see is that Fury gets attacked on the streets. And it's actually a really... It was a really cool chase that I thought was kind of undermined by the talking car. Oh, yeah. It was a little cool bit. To, yeah. It was cool to see him get some action, though, although his action consisted of him sitting down and pushing <laughs> buttons, until, I guess. But, you know, it's something. And having a very really t- 
um, sarcastic conversation with his car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... Um, the air conditioning is pretty... fully operational. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a neat, neat action scene, though. I appreciated it. Yeah, I yeah, did. Definitely. It, um, very rarely do I like car chase scenes, but mm-hmm. I thought this was a pretty good one. Well, oh, most great. of the time I feel they're just useless, kind of filler. This one was at least interesting I've in how it happened. I've always been and a I, fan of car chases. It's usually some of my favorite action sequences because you can do so much crazy stuff with it. Right. And I, and I especially appreciate that he did, in fact, escape at the end. And it just goes to show, like, how, you know, wily, you know, Nick Fury is and how it's like he's always a step ahead, you know. Even yeah. even in, like, the most dire of situations where it's like, holy crap, there's no way he's going to get out of this. He finds a way out, you know. Yeah. Which you also see later on, you know, uh, later on in the film, where, where uh, you know, without spoiling, which I think we may have already done, but... You, no, know, you can spoil. I mean, it's the, I mean, dude, oh. the assumption is that well, people have seen this film. True, yeah. I mean, so later on in the film where he fakes his death, it's like he's always a step ahead. Somehow, you know, it's insane. But that's Nick Fury. He always has He always has a way out. Yeah, if you want to be ahead of him, you have to keep both keep eyes. Both eyes open. <laughs> yeah, that was sweet. Yeah, that was a great line at the end. <laughs> Even though, yeah. a minor pet peeve, and I mentioned, where is where is the wind coming from that his jacket bows when he enters the room? Dude, he's Nick Fury, okay? <laughs> so he just has a gun. Okay, okay. It's, you know how like when you walk into a, a restaurant and there's this gust of wind that blows down that's supposed to keep the bugs out? Maybe they had one of those. Is that what that's, that's what for? Happened. That's what that's for. It's used to keep uh, bugs out, especially in oh, like crap. a no restaurant. <laughs> yeah, that's wow, why it's amazing. such a burst of air. <laughs> so that's I what was, we're going with. I, I was always I, like, "This is a weird place to put an air conditioner," but all right. To keep the bugs more out, you crazy. know. Yeah. No, Nick Fury has 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 uh, servants that follow him around with fans. <laughs> I mean, I think the assumption <laughs> is that it was supposed to be from the helicopter wing. The helicopter jade, but it was throwing in the opposite direction. It could shoot, yeah. it should throw inwards and not out. But whatever, it, it's not. It's just a really minor pet peeve. It's always bothered me though. Like, where's that gust of wind coming from? For this jacket? <laughs> um, it looks like a great shot, but it's like it makes no sense. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah. That's, I mean, that's it's so, so super minor though. But yes, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of really. I can't think of any really any characters in this movie that you know didn't didn't I, I didn't appreciate. You know, like in so many of the other films, usually it was the villain that you're just like, oh geez, this guy, you know, kind of brings the movie down. But in this one, like everyone was pretty. The only the only character I guess that I felt was out of place overall was um uh, uh what's Artem Zolo or Zoloft or whatever the heck his last name is. Yeah, like he, mm-hmm. that was a little weird. That that scene with uh, you know him being in the computers and stuff like that. I was like, eh, I could have done without that. You know, um, I, well, they I, needed I, a tie directly to Hydra's past. And I think yeah, but they could have done it without some weird AI. They could have just been like, hey, you stumbled upon this, you know, documentation or this program or something. But you know, the weird like, you know, I I, I will say one character, and part of it's because he's not given a ton of material. Is um, Robert Redford's character Alexander Pierce because mm-hmm. he's just I mean like 
he's just kind of, like, we find out, again, it's kind of the same thing that happened with Iron Man 3. We find out that he's evil, like, halfway through the film, <laughs> and then it's nothing really with him until the end. Like, right. I agree he had wished it was the old JD who kicked his ass. That would have been an amazing twist. But other than that, there's not much to him beyond, like, oh, he's evil, but he's friends with Nick Fury. Yeah, and he's one of those guys that you kind of knew from the very beginning that he was evil. It's like, you know, it's to be expected. It, that, was, that didn't surprise anyone. You know, it, it would have been interesting if they totally flipped it on its head, and it was like, oh, wait, no, he's the good guy, and someone else that you wouldn't expect is evil. Nick Fury's uh, the bad guy. Nick Fury, what? Um, I, I, the fanboys would riot. I like this oh, one bit of continuity, is that the corrupt senator in this film is the one from Iron Man 3. <laughs> Oh yeah, it is. That's so yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, is. Think, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I thought that was a nice little bit of continuity between these yeah. films. He he plays like that sleazy yeah. so well. It's like man, he's good at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, you know, she's about twenty three. I don't know. Yeah. He stopped listening yeah. at a certain point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's, he's great. Just, you just want to see him get his ass kicked so bad. Yeah. You just want to see him get but, arrested. But yeah, overall, I mean, pretty much almost everyone nailed it in this film, you know, spot on with the characters. Yeah, and but, um, he had a random appearance by uh, Danny Pudi, who is Abed from Community, and I guess that was a little nod for them. Directly. Oh, is that who that guy was? I, I like, yeah. I had no idea who that. I have no idea who that actor is or where he's from. But like the way that they shot his character, I was like, oh, he must be someone that they're trying to work in for some reason, because it was like pretty obvious that they were like oh, they're giving a nod to this guy. I don't know who he is, but I guess they want to give a nod to him for some reason. You know? It was a pretty, it just it was pretty seemed nice like they, nod, too. Him, I was like, hey, you know, there you are. Yeah, I don't know who that is, though. I've never really watched Community, but, you know, yeah, no, that's cool. Mean, but what can you I've seen enough to recognize him. That's yeah, the only reason. Um, but, um, <laughs> in addition to that, I mean, I guess we might as well talk about this, because this is the other star of the film, I think. The action. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh-huh. we've mentioned before that Marvel does really good action sequences, but I yeah. think that this was kind of the first one that really, really had some stellar hand-to-hand stuff. Yes. Yes. I Yeah, I actually Definitely. really enjoyed the hand-to-hand combat in this film, which, as you know, I'm uh, it's one of my biggest pet peeves is when they don't treat the hand-to-hand combat correctly and they don't, you know, they it, when they do crappy... Like, okay, so th- there was a scene where Captain America um, put the Winter Soldier in a rear naked choke. And it was like, he actually had correct form. It was a little off. He was a little to the side <laughs> when, he, when he did it. But like, I was like, oh, okay, that's legit. And he even like trapped the arm with his leg. I'm like, so they, this is awesome. Like they actually know what they're doing. Because it, it definitely, I mean, it's obviously no one else in the world probably cares, but unless you're a martial artist or something, but I, I especially appreciate it when they use proper technique in their fight scenes. And they did, and they made it look cool, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the part that a lot of people like, and I always thought this was a really, it's a really minor thing, but there's the first fight, the second, I guess second fight, I don't know if you consider their first encounter, their second encounter, let's go with that, where they're fighting, and like, mid-fight, like he, um, the Winter Soldier has a knife that he flips in his hand while they're fighting. And oh, yeah. Really, really quick well, kind of, kind of like what happened, that's the same kind of thing that happened with, um, Black Widow and um, um, Hawkeye when they fought on the helicarrier. 
he had um, he had a knife yeah. and he was doing the you know switching from hand to hand. What I did think was pretty cool though is that when he put the knife in his um, robotic arm, like it almost uh, I don't know what the term I'm looking for is, but as he was slicing, it was like almost mechanical. It was like eh, you know, kind of like you know, almost as if his arm was just like some mach- you know a machine, which it is, but. You know, mm. it, it was it was very mechanical when he put it in that arm as opposed to the other, which was, was just kind of like a, you know, fluid, you know, meat Yeah, that, arm. <laughs> that was noticeable now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I have to I have I to agree with you guys. I think I think that while overall the, the action scenes were great, I think it had some of the best and po- possibly like really only hand to hand combat that you see in the Marvel Universe besides besides some scenes with Black Widow and some some with Hawkeye, you know, Iron Man doesn't engage in hand-to-hand combat that often, unless he's slugging it out real quick with Thor. Thor, same thing, kind of just throws his hammer and shoots some lightning. And I wouldn't really call what Hulk does to be (laughs) hand-to-hand combat. Uh, I would call it um, Hulk smash. Yeah, it's definitely hand-to-hand, but it's probably not the hand-to-hand people (laughs) expect. Right. Yeah, this it's was definitely the the way they shot specifically the fight scenes between Captain America and, you know, Bucky, the Winter Soldier. It was very um like mono a mono like real it, it it as opposed to being like this crazy, you know, smashing and shooting and throwing and it was like legit this is what two athletes at their very peak would be doing. And then there was some crazy stuff, like some weird things that they were able to do that, that would be like, there's no way on earth anyone can do that. But the majority of it was like, this is just like two human beings at their physical peaks, you know, and in legit combat as, as legit as you can get, you know, yeah, being a it's, film. it's like an Olympic but, um, match that you're watching between two, right. two of the, the heavyweights of the world. And, and I feel, I feel like there's a, there's a, a, a depth to that. A it's, you feel differently when you're watching a fight like that because there's so much realism in it as opposed to watching, you know, um, the whole slam two people together and throw them off the building. It's like there's you, you're, you connect to it on a different level, you know, because it's because it's like it's real, like the punches feel, you know, like you, they just feel different as, yeah, you can, as an audience member. You can like imagine that sort of pain like oh he just he just you know jabbed him in the jaw you can feel that it's hard to imagine being squished between two giant green fists and then thrown off a building yeah yeah it's like there there there, there's a i don't know what the word is but i guess a realism to it and 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 you can connect to it on a on some kind of like primal level yeah and that's that's another one of the things that makes this movie so appealing and why I like it so much is that it's much easier to connect with what's happening because even though there's like super, there's all this super spectacular stuff going on in it. It's, it's eerily realistic in a lot of its ways. Like, like what's happening, who's, you know, the, the villains, the heroes, like I could almost see it happening except for like super soldiers and (laughs) robot arms for now. And robot. Now, well, right. people have robot arms. I don't necessarily know if they use it for evil. No, they're not. <laughs> if they use yeah, it I mean, for evil. I, if, I had, if I had a robot arm, 100% I would use it for evil. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> prosthetic <laughs> arms are more used. More used if, more. I, if, 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 I, if I ever had to get a prosthetic arm and or an eye patch, I would become evil immediately. 
There's no, <laughs> there's no way around it. <laughs> not even, not even, not even a, a thought of like, oh, I do this for good or I do not. No, I'm going to become evil. <laughs> yeah, it's got to happen. I've got a robot arm and an eye patch. That's it. Game over. I'm evil now. <laughs> I, I get it. I, I'm with you on that. got to be evil. <laughs> well, I know who not to give robotic arms to in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to trust me with that. No, no, I, I do, it's not even like I'm going to pretend to anymore. It's like, nope, he's not getting one. <laughs> yes, aside from robotic arms and eye patches making you evil. Um, but yeah, and I, I think the um, second fight, the encounter on the bridge, is probably the best one. I enjoy the climax, but it does kind of it fares into that usual Marvel territory, but it has a more personal angle to it because we do end up. Yeah. I mean. You get some... Like the Marvel climax right now is you have giant things in space being blown up and the heroes have like this arbitrary countdown that they must surpass before evil crap happens. In this case, yeah. I wasn't necessarily sure why they needed to have all three of them active before that thing took place. Oh, I know why. Because they were all had to target each other. Oh, I got that much, but I, I didn't and get if why. One, if one didn't target the others, then it was going to fire on everyone else. Yeah, but yeah, then, and it would have killed but, hundreds of thousands of people. But I, I guess what I didn't get then is like, why didn't they like if even if that was the case, like stop the other two and worry about the third one instead of like, oh, we can't do anything until all three are in face. Yeah, or aim the other two at the one that didn't have the chip in it. Yeah, aim it at that one first and then shoot at each other. Just I don't put know. them all I, in the water. You know, what? that's one of the things that irritates me is the the. The, the countdown and like the fact you know that they do it at one second left it's like come on guys yeah that, that, that bothered me do that like i i get i get why they do it obviously but it's I, like come on I, i'm gonna have a movie and i'm gonna set the countdown it's gonna finish like 10 minutes after it's like nailed it <laughs> no, no, nothing to worry about here guys oh i just said because it's one wire great i'm good <laughs> let's go home <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah or 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 better yet, they don't do it, and then everyone dies. Kind of going back to the James Bond thing. I remember, I forget, I think it's Goldfinger, and they originally wanted the counter to end at zero zero seven for double seven. Nice, <laughs> but like we can't end it there because it doesn't create any drama. Because that's yeah. Thing. You can do it's cool, but you don't have to end it at one second because like nobody like honestly at that point it might as well like anything could happen with the second half. It could misfire and go off on on its own or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> I but it was like I said it was more personal because once you got beyond that, the the, the main action was the Bucky versus Steve fight, and mm-hmm. uh, this is another random pet peeve of mine. I don't know why Cap drops the shield. I, I get that he's not going to fight Bucky. <laughs> but yeah, but like, sling it on your back, shield. dude. Exactly. Don't throw it in the water. So stop putting things in the water, Cap. Just stop putting <laughs> things in the water. Can it never imagine? turns out well. Can you imagine? Wait, is that the same kid? exact... Didn't that same exact thing happen to him when he was in the first Captain America movie, when he was on a plane? Didn't he, didn't he like, drop his shield? Or, well, he did drop his shield onto the floor, not, like, through the... Not through the ground. Uh, not through the, uh, okay, okay. I was like, did he go through the ship and uh, into the water? No, that was like, the oh, test rack. Yeah, right. what is what is with what is with Cap and like crashing ships, <laughs> like airships? 
Like, what is he, going on? Everybody needs Stay to hop the, to Tony. <laughs> Stay on the ground, Cap. This is ridiculous. Everybody has a hobby. I swear, if he does that again in Captain America 3, I'm going to be like, all right, this is, this is ridiculous. This is getting out of here. He's going to do it in Age of Ultron. You see they have those No, 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 no. In, 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 the, in the Avenger movies, in the Avenger movies, they have to fight a whole bunch of bad guys, but then take out one thing, which shuts down the rest. Of them. That's how Avengers works. Captain America, he has to crash an airship. That's how Captain America works. Yeah, I've taken down an evil Nazi organization. Right. Because. There are very strict rules on how to make each film and how they should all end. And <laughs> I'm so terrified of watching the next Avengers movie. I really hope they don't do that again. Oh, it I'm looks sure. like that's what they're going to do. Oh, it looks like that's what they're going to yeah, do. Yeah, they we'll set see. it up for that. I mean, yeah. that's what they showed in the previews, it's but like, I'm it, hoping that they start doing that. Because it's yeah. always funny that you have that one thing that you just take out and everybody else is like, okay, we're done. Like, robots yeah. kind of make sense, but it, it made no sense in the Avengers because they were sentient beings. I don't get yeah. why they would all stop. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. Don't I, don't, I don't understand how it worked with the Chitauri, but I could like, I could see how it would work with Ultron. Ultron, yeah. But Ultron would Chitauri. make sense, but yeah. that that's, yeah. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I mean, while, you know, while the, while the main purpose of this attack is to take down the higher carriers. They mm-hmm. also do kind of put all your shields dirty entry out onto the internet and I imagine that this is going to be, have a huge effect on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, it, it's already had a, a huge effect. If you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's pretty much kind of been their thing for season two. It's kind of being hunted and hated by the government and by right. people and by and fighting Hydra. That's kind of where the Hydra versus Shield battle has gone to. Yeah, um, right. I am. I am curious about one thing, because um, the end of this film kind of sets up that the next Captain America will be about Captain America and Falcon going out to look for the uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, but yeah. what we've heard that really does not. I mean, I mean, you can do more than one thing, but it really does seem like that's going to take a huge back seat based on what we heard about Captain America: The Civil War. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I'm curious to see what they do with Falcon. I know that Chris Evans doesn't want to play Captain America forever, and has already. Um, I think he may have even worked something out where he can. He was he was able to take off a certain amount of time to go and direct some films. So I don't know how much longer he's going to be Cap, and I'm wondering if they're going to, you know, go forward with uh, Captain Falcon, for lack of a better name. Captain Falcon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess we'll just have to see, but I don't know. How how would you guys feel about that? How would you feel about, um, you know, the Falcon, Anthony Mackie, becoming the new Cap? I mean, it definitely happened in the comics, but I don't know how you feel it would be. Yeah, well, I mean, play recently off in the comics... Well, it's something that they're going to have to address at some point because their yeah. actors aren't getting any younger. This isn't comic books where people can stay a stagnant age. So yeah, at some and, point, and no one no one wants to play the same role for you know ever. Yeah, so I mean, understandable. It makes great bang, but yeah, it does tie you up. I mean, because he went from filming the Avengers to filming this, and when he finished this, he had to film the next Avengers film, and there right. wasn't. He did some crappy romantic dramas and comedies in between there. Um, mm-hmm. Like I think, what what is your number or something like that? I don't, so, I don't yeah, know. It, it, but, it is kind of it is kind of sad though for like the these actors like 
um, they can't do anything else. Like Robert Downey Jr. tried to do some was it that lawyer movie that he did, which yeah. bombed. <laughs> and it's like nobody wants to see you in anything but this. So that kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's why I'm glad they're taking a break from some of the the big name uh, superhero movies with Phase Three. Like they're going with Ant Man, Doctor Strange, Black Panther. You know, give the other guys a break. See, yeah, you know, they I want mean, to do it again for Age yeah. of or not Age of Ultron, uh, Infinity War. Yeah. They yeah, won't be burnt I, out. Because I was gonna say he's doing press for Avengers right now, and then Civil War starts filming in a few, not even a few weeks, in a few days. So they're right back right. to it in doing that um, that cycle, and it's like, I mean, granted, you know, you we also hit it as but movies take like three or four months to film, so they get it out of time. But it is kind of like I've been in this role for four years now. You're always going to be Captain America, so yeah, right, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there could be worse crimes in this world. Than being oh, yeah. and a superhero. It's like yeah, it's yeah. like oh no, I'm in an insanely successful film franchise and have made millions and millions of dollars and everyone loves me. Oh goodness, that sucks. <laughs> Whatever. First world problems. <laughs> <laughs> Not even. That's like you know, jeez. But, but yeah. Uh, so I mean, I don't know if you guys had any specific points you wanted to touch on, or if you had to sum up thoughts. I don't know. Let's, uh, see where you guys wanted to go at this point. Uh, Definitely touched I on just, a lot. I, I there's one character we didn't touch on and I was interested in your opinions. I, I mean she doesn't make much of an appearance, but Agent oh, the, thirteen. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the Peggy Carter scene. That was so heartbreaking. Mm. The Peggy Carter scene was so heartbreaking. I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want to cry on the podcast. But <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it, it's kind of funny because that was I believe it was originally seen for the Avengers that they had to cut due to time. And so yeah, it's, yeah, I can, I can it's, see why they want that. I'm not sure about that, but yeah, no, it's on the Avengers DVD or Blu-ray. Um, oh, okay. I don't. I mean, I don't think it's the same exact scene, but it's something pretty similar to that. So it's kind of heartbreaking uh, to think about. Like, if you kind of make that into canon, it's kind of heartbreaking that he's been doing this for years, and she doesn't yeah. remember him, <laughs> and she right like, and. Oh, sorry. Go on. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say, it, it definitely speaks to the fact that, like, he is truly alone, like, in this world. That that scene and the scene where he's driving with um, Natasha and, you know, she's trying to, she's, like, talking to him about, like, finding dates. And he's like, yeah, because it's so easy to find someone with shared life experience. And, you know, he's, because he, then he says, like, you know, um, or she asked him if he's kissed anyone and since he's been back. And he's like, I'm 95, I'm not dead. And it's like, it's it's true, man. It's like he's so out of place and has like no one that he can relate to. And to see like him hanging out with Peggy, it's like, that's it, man. That's like the last strand of, you know, his time. And, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty sad to like, to think that, you know, he's, he's completely out of, out of his, just out of everything. Like he, he doesn't fit in. Yeah. That that was one of the saddest scenes in, the entire Marvel universe, the cinematic universe that I've seen. I, I can't like, like, you know, like when Coulson died, I was like, Oh, that sucks. And some other like bad things happens. Like, Oh, that sucks. But this happened. I'm like, wow, that, that really sucks. 
Like, they yeah. all suck. That really sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's, but, it's um, not the finality of a dead character. It's, but, you know, but not all worse. is lost. Not all is lost because Bucky Barnes is still out there. So Cap still has his buddy, you know, at some point. His buddy who is just as Ooh. mentally screwed up as he is. Yeah, right. Who also mm-hmm. becomes Captain America at one point in the comic book. So now it's like, ooh, this is going to be interesting. What's going to happen? Is yeah, it going to be I Bucky? Mean, I mean, is it going to be Falcon? I could see them doing Bucky first and then doing Cap- uh, Falcon Age. You're going to say Captain Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, Captain Falcon! But yeah, we shall see. It's uh, You also noted, and this is something... I mean, it's more of just kind of a funny thing with the actor. Like Steve Rogers is always supposed to be in his mid-twenties or so. Um, hey, Chris Evans, he does not pass as a 20-something-year-old. No, he doesn't. Uh, he, looks like, yeah. he looks like he's solidly in his 30s. Yeah, for sure. I mean, is he supposed to be 20-something? I guess so, yeah. But you just said he was like 95. He's 95, not dead. I mean, I was looking at Bucky dies around 20. Bucky dies when he's like 20... 627, I think. Right. And Cap was, I think, younger than him, so he's about 25, 27. Yeah, at the end of the Avengers, well, no, or at was, the end of... He was, he was, Cap, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, the end of uh, uh, Captain America, the first movie, Nick Fury says, you've, you know, you've been, you've been gone for almost 70 years, so it's almost 70 years, so whatever, whatever age Bucky would have died at, which was like twenty seven plus seventy, you know. I I, I would so put say, Captain America about twenty five. Right. So he was twenty five when they unfroze him. And now, how long has it been since he was unfrozen? It, it's a. It's been roughly. I mean, from everything we've seen, it's been about two years since. Okay. No wait. So it, no, it's been a it. year since oh. the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, and he was frozen. He was unfrozen. It'll be forty Avengers, from what I gathered. Okay, well, he for sure does not look to be in his mid to late twenties. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but the actor, the actor himself is only thirty three. So yeah, it's, you know. I mean, he's just one of those people who ages. He ages his age. Like some people can pass for. We've seen that with Spider Man. I mean, Andrew Garfield is what thirty something. Yeah, he he can yeah. pass off for a a teenager, which is or, weird. Or I guess the one um, that people are, is um, kid from Game of Thrones. I was going to say, well, him, but I was going to say Ex-Uther from Man, um, Batman vs. Superman, because a lot of people don't seem to understand the point that him and Henry Cavill are the same age. Right. Well, that's like, mm-hmm. they say, uh, 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 well, on Game of Thrones, there's that one kid who's, he's playing like a child, but he's 24, and yes. he's like the same age, he's the same age as the mountain, and they're both, they're both the same age, that they look like 10 years apart, plus. Oh, yeah, it's the kid who plays George and Reed. Yeah, yeah, that kid does not age. Well, that man, I guess, does not age. Yeah. I've seen, like, like it, it, there's a Tumblr post of him in, like, all his various roles, and he looks pretty much the same that he did when he was, like, 12. Yeah, it's weird. But, yeah, some people anyways, don't age. <laughs> back, back, to, back to Captain America. <laughs> this, this isn't the Game of Thrones podcast. Not the Game of Thrones podcast, not yet. No, so, not yet. Yeah, uh, final thoughts on Captain America or the Winter Soldier? Um, well, do we want to touch on the post-credit scenes? Because there are two of them, I guess. I was right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. One the second really one we cool. kind of the, the second one we kind of touched on was asking where is the Winter Soldier plot going to go with the next film? That was what that was right. intended. 
Um, but the, the other first one, one shows, yeah, it, it shows um, in a Hydra lab, there's Baron Von Strucker, and, uh, and you get to see the twins, um, who are Quicksilver and Wanda... Scarlet Witch. Jeez, my brain just stopped working. Uh, so yeah, you get to see Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, who apparently in this universe are experiments. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how it pans out, because it makes it sound like they're experiments from Milky Scepter. Mm-hmm. I, I guess. It's, you know what's going to be weird, though, is that, because we're going to see more of them, obviously, in, um, in uh, uh, Age of Ultron, but it's like, in Age of Ultron, in so far what we've seen in the trailers, they're working alongside Ultron, then against Ultron. Baron Von Strucker, nowhere to be seen in Age of Ultron. So it's like, is he going to be introduced and then immediately discarded, like at the very beginning of the film, or are they just not, they're going to pretend that he never existed? Well, or I, I looked at the IMDB page, and we, we got like random characters in it that I wasn't expecting to see. We have Baron Von Strucker is listed in the IMDB page. So is Falcon. Of yeah, for Age of Ultron. I think so is... Yeah. I thought I saw Haley Atwell for Agent uh, Carter in it. I don't know. I might have yeah. been looking at a different IMDb page. I know she's. I know she has a cameo in Ant Man, or she has an appearance in Ant Man. So, but yeah, I assume that a lot of those things are going to cross over. But I imagine a lot of them is going to be think you miss it moments. Like it could just be that Otron breaks breaks them out and realizes that they're not a threat and he uses Baron or whatever. But yeah, I'm I'm more curious to see. I thought you were going to say it's interesting that they would turn them into experiments, especially being that they just introduced um, Inhumans on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I don't know if that's going to be a factor or if they are going to say, like, maybe it's like they had dormant powers and um, exposing them to the scepter kind of released it. Because if you're a comic book fan like Tony is, <laughs> you'd know that they're the kids of Magneto, which makes right. them mutants. But right, but they're legal on the right to yeah. mutants. So, right. L- looking up uh, the actor who played uh, Baron von Strucker, it does look like he's going to be in Age of Ultron. So, I don't know what role he's going to play or what they're going to do exactly, but he's supposed to be in it. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, I mean, and this is kind of I mean, we pretty much know this is the first major tie to Age of Ultron because this is. We've seen them. They've been part of the marketing for Age of Ultron, and we knew they were joining the team since then. It's more right. as how it's more or less how they get paired up with Ultron and kind of their origins that I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, anything else we want to touch on with Captain America? I think we pretty much covered everything. I mean, I, certainly I would, one of the best Marvel movies to date, the most unique and uh, I think it covers it's something that would appeal to probably the largest audience because it is so much more than just a comic book movie. So, I mean, of course, obviously, I would recommend this um, without reservation. I mean, even if you're not interested in the overall universe, you should definitely check out this movie because it's just a really good movie. I am. I'm just going to say one of my things I would not recommend this film for Back of montages. There are no montages in this one. <laughs> yeah, what happened? There's so many in the first one. It's no like, montage. it's like, damn, we threw our montage budget already, so no more montages <laughs> in Captain America. We better, we better have montages in Civil War. There better be, or I'm not seeing it. <laughs> the entire film should just be a giant montage. <laughs> yeah. 
No, but I, I have to agree with Tony. Uh, I definitely recommend this film, even if you're not up to date with the Marvel Universe. Even if you haven't seen uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. I, I don't think that you need that as a background as long as you know basic information about Captain America and about what happened. Like, just tell mm-hmm. someone, hey, Captain America was frozen for 70 years and now he's back. And this is what happens. It's like, you can pre- pretty much tell them that and that's all they need to know. But obviously, I'm biased. I've said this many times. <laughs> I'm biased. I like Captain America, he's my favorite hero. And you can mock me for that all you want, people, but he is. And that obviously has makes me a little biased. But even even with saying that, I, it's just everyone else has said it, it. It's just such a different movie from all the rest. And it's not different in a bad way. It's different in a really good way. It sets itself apart. And it just makes me that much more excited to see Captain America in... Age of Ultron, and even more so, the Civil War. Okay. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> for me, many, many, many moons ago, <laughs> I once said that I think Iron Man 2 is the worst example of the Marvel Cinematic, uh, the Marvel Connected Universe. And on the polar opposite, I think Captain America the Winter Soldier is the best example of having a connected universe. It's a movie that stands on its own. Like You do really need to see other movies. But if you see them, it makes it a much richer experience. It makes it much more understandable to get some, you know, the, the motivations and the characters of like the Black Widow and Nick Fury. But you get everything on page here. But at the same time, it's like you have these characters who have developed and grown over several movies. And seeing them put into a new situation and a new environment and seeing how they react to that. That is part of the reason why the Marvel Cinematic Universe is so important in that the, this couldn't like some of this stuff would not have worked if you didn't have Captain America. It wouldn't have worked if you didn't have the Avengers. It wouldn't have even worked if you had Iron Man too, because you know like, part of Iron Man too is that Natalia is pretty much dying to Tony the entire film. Here she's up front. Captain America knows her identity, and it's her being confronted with the fact that she can't hide from this guy, and just seeing how that dynamic phase into throughout their their relationship in this film is interesting to watch. At the same time you get all of that in this movie without needing any extra you know, and any extra history or any other backstory from these characters. And it works. It makes for a very fun movie. It makes for a very different movie. And Scott said he's very biased towards Captain America. I've never hidden the fact I'm extremely biased towards the spy genre. James Bond is one of my James Bond is my absolute favorite uh, movie franchise. I'm a huge fan of the Bond franchise. I've said nothing but growing things about Kingsman this year, so spy entertainment is just something I love. And, you know, this extends to TV with Chuck and um, Covert Affairs and all that other... And this is one of the reasons I hate Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but... Yes, it's one of those things where I'm just biased towards the genre and just seeing it applied to something different with superheroes. You don't... Because... You don't need Superman to be a stealth person. You don't need Iron Man to be a stealth person. But it works for Captain America because while he is an enhanced human, he is still very much human. He can still be taken out by a bullet. And mm-hmm. it was just a... It was something different. It was something fun. It was something with great action, great characters, great moments. So yeah, I, 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 I'm hesitant to say this is my favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe film, but it's easy in my top three. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would agree. I would say, off the top of my head, it's probably. Well, at the time of it coming out, it was my second favorite film of all but time. There, uh, a Marvel film. Okay, but but there is another. There is as, another. As, as as Yoda once said, "No, there is another." <laughs> <laughs> We and will be back next week with that other film. Um, <laughs> it's spoilers. It's more than a filming. Um, <laughs> yes, we will be back next week with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And sadly enough, we will be all caught up with our Marvel Cinematic Universe. As we figured out last week, we're actually a week ahead of schedule. And Whoops. So, <laughs> yeah. so just as a heads up for the final week, I think if we have it, if we have time, we're going to try to rank our films. We're going to kind Sweet. of discuss the overall universe. Mm-hmm. And I think um, just because it's premiered recently and it's probably fresh in our minds, we're going to try to talk Daredevil, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Agent Carter as much as possible. As far as like the broader Marvel Cinematic Universe, it won't be given an entire thing like these movies have been, but we'll discuss them. So, as always, I want to thank Scott and Tony... And this has been the Marvel Center cast for Captain America, the Winter Soldier.